0: To the big red bench on Corex Red FM. And ladies and gentlemen, introducing. Gonna milk this now for all its worth, right? We are joined by a two time Heineken Cup winner, a Six Nations winner, a Grand Slam winner. An All-Ireland Minor hurling championship winner and an All-Ireland Minor hurling championship winning captain. Ladies and gentlemen, our new presenter, Mr Tommaso O'Leary. Hey Rory, how are you? Is that big enough?
1: Do I expect that every week now, <laughs> is that all right?
0: It's probably not going to happen every week.
1: I refuse to come on, on, online otherwise. <laughs> Tomas, how the hell are you, buddy? I'm great, uh, delighted to be Very here welcome now. welcome on board. Yeah, delighted. Look, um, a big fan of the big red bench and uh, just I suppose a pleasure to be next to your esteemed self and presenting the show. I don't know about
0: that. Now we finally have someone on the big red bench who knows what they're talking about.
1: Well, I pretend I know what I'm talking about when I'm the same as the rest of you, hurler on the ditch. <laughs> so I can I can tell everyone, you know, when you're watching something on, on, on TV, it's a lot easier. But uh, when you're out there doing yourself, I'm the same as the rest of you, uh, fail miserably.
0: <laughs> I did leave out the Dancing with the Stars contestant bit in my intro there. So.
1: Thank God. Look, whatever. Like you said, you you win a win a Cup, win a Grand Slam, but all you remember for is uh, a, a dancing show on RT, which I was. Very good at so, uh, leaving anyway. yeah,
0: yeah, so for that, uh, this is obviously a bit of a, a departure for you. you're Obviously, used to being on the other side of the microphone, being interviewed like, like the likes of me, basically.
1: Yeah, no, look, um, I suppose I've got a lot of experience being on the other side of the mic, so, um, look, I've really enjoyed that aspect of it, and um, particularly the radio side of things. So, it's going to be great, like you said, a new venture, um, I suppose, a new, uh, a new kind of. S- Site for me what it's like to be on the other side of the mic and try and ask some some decent pertinent questions. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, and hopefully you'll be able to guide me along the way. Well,
0: I'll do my best anyway. But if you have any questions for tomorrow, I'll get them in 086 8104 106, or you can tweet us as well at Big Red Bench. Alright, ah, we have a lot to discuss, as I mentioned, we're going to have a reaction from Nemo up uh, next But first, uh, Moss making his debut, his first job today, getting us through all today's action
1: So we'll start obviously with uh, with disappointment for Nemo Rangers in today's AAB Club Football Championship semi-final Cork champions were beaten by holders Corofino-Galway, one ten to 7 points So I would finished there in Ennis Carfin will now look to make it three in a row of all earned titles against Ulster champions Kilku who defeated Dublin champions Ballyboden Tenendes on a scoreline of 2 8 to 11 points?
0: Yeah, I watched that Nemo game today. They weren't at the races at all at all. I mean, like, um, Corfin scoring goal after 33 seconds is obviously going to affect your, your game plan going into it. And heads dropped a little bit. I think maybe the defeat to Corfin in the All Ireland final two years ago was kind of weighing on their minds a little bit. But Corfin were excellent without getting noticed of the second gear, do you know that kind of way?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, you hit the nail in the head there. Like, when I mean, you can see the, the goal after 30 seconds, it was a great, great goal. Great goal, yeah right soccer punch for Nemo they would obviously um, try to keep the game tight um, and obviously getting the hammering in the all Ireland Club final a couple of years ago um, kind of probably would have knocked their confidence, but um, look, Nemo are a fantastic club side. You mm-hmm. know, any any club that keeps getting to yeah. All Ireland semi-finals, finals, and, and you know the history they have, you know we can't knock them too much. And particularly, you know that Carlow inside is, is a special they're, side. They're amazing, yeah, the, fo- the amazing. football they play, even in kind of conditions in January, is, is amazing. Yeah. So look, um, I think Carfin will probably go on to win it. Yeah, yeah. look Kilkul were pretty impressive too, you know, against first
0: downsides to ever being been an All Ireland final, apparently.
1: Yeah, looking, obviously, you know, getting a bit of help by Mickey Hart as well. So you can see that <laughs> influence. Um, you know, they were a very well set up team and mm. they got a couple, of, a couple of good goals. So, um, look, they'll put it up the Corifin all right, but you have to fancy the all Yeah, time, yeah. We'll
0: discuss that a little bit more. We'll hear from Animos, Paula Donovan, and we'll have some reaction with the Corifin lads a little bit later on.
1: Yeah, and look, East Cork side, Waterneels Neils have booked their place in the AB All Ireland Intermediate Hurling Club Championship final. The Cork side have beaten Torreen this afternoon 19 points to 112. They now face Tullerona Kilkenny in the final after they defeated Navena by 15 points, 320 to 14 points.
0: Yeah, and that was a great win today for Father Nails, considering they had to play most of the game with 13 men after two red cards early in the second half. We'll talk to our reporter, Kevin Egan, uh, about that a little bit later on. But f- to be down to 13 to book your place in the All-Ireland final
1: is incredible achievement. Yeah, absolutely. And look, they're following on, I guess, um, from Charleville last mm. year, reaching the final two. And uh, look, that kind of augurs well for the strength of Cork Curling. Um, I suppose in the senior Senior sides have all failed Millsbury In the Munster Championship But Mm. our intermediate And junior sides um, Seem to be going very well So um, you'd expect them To to put up this other on In the final Yeah fingers crossed And then Cork Under 20 footballers Were in action this afternoon Rebels took on Kerry In the John Kearns Cup in Tralee And they finished With victory for the Rebels they won by just a single point after an excellent second half fight back from the kingdom. Cork one nineteen, Kerry three twelve is how to the finish there, and Cork will play Galway next weekend.
0: Yeah, fantastic to see Cork football at all levels really starting to to, to rise. I mean, like we, we, as we mentioned, the footballers in the McGrath Cup final, they had a big win over Kerry. albeit their under twenties last week, so it's great to see Cork football
1: getting that rise. I think. Absolutely, Look, I suppose we've been quite a few years in the doldrums, and there's been a lot of negativity really around the footballers, especially. Mm. Um, and I suppose, um, you know, the, re- the recent minor success, underage successes um, augur well, and, you know, the, the setup this this year as well, you know, Keenan Neal coming on board for the seniors. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a bit of excitement and positivity around Cork football, which I think is great because. You know yourself if you're in a negative environment, um, mm. it's not a nice place to be. So especially I think, after
0: relegation last year,
1: yeah, exactly. And look that while I that when many competitive games in, in the championship, you know the the performances were great, and they're probably one of the better sides mm. in, to take on the likes of Dublin. I know they were well beaten in the end, but um, the style of football that they they tried to be implement as well was positive. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully I a think, big yeah, year for core football.
0: Fingers crossed we'll be in Cork Park this year.
1: Yeah, well fingers <laughs> crossed into the Super 8s again. <laughs> Yeah, probably, yeah. So an FA Cup uh, round um, has obviously kicked off with with over 20 ties um, taking place and Cork's Adamida is the man making all the headlines. The former College Corinthians striker scored a hat trick um, in Norwich's four-two win over Preston North End.
0: That was absolutely incredible today. We saw two of his goals. I just saw his penalty there as well. But the first goal was a great goal into the bottom right-hand corner. The second goal, in particular, was fantastic. The goalkeeper made a mess coming out to clear the ball. Drops Adamida forty yards out. He stops it with his right foot. lobs it over the keeper, who was in no man's land from forty yards into the bottom corner, or into the net, I should say. Um, what a way to make you like. I know he made his debut against Crystal Palace uh, earlier on in the week, but to, your first start to grab a hat trick. And Mick McCarthy was very, very impressed as well, I believe. So Auger's very, very well for him.
1: Hard not to be impressed for that, to be fair. And mm. look, I suppose uh, with I suppose our, our problems, Ireland's problems up front at the moment, and lack yeah. of goals after Ronald <laughs> Keane. Yeah, well, exactly. But. Um, he'll probably start coming into the conversation along with Troy mm. Parade as, as the next big thing but um, yeah, great to see you know a young fellow being so composed and I think it's, he's Norwich's youngest ever uh, hat-trick, hat-trick scorer mm. so um, look, good good for Mick McCarthy ahead of the playoffs mm. next year for to maybe have another option, he looks like a serious man yeah, Cool as a breeze as well, a very proud day for his club college, Corinthians as well, congratulations to everyone there at
0: Corinthians, a very very proud moment for them
1: And earlier on today as well, Brian Barry Murphy's Rochdale finished one all against Newcastle United, so they'll go to replay in Saint James's mm. Park. Um, elsewhere today, last year's beaten finalist Watford through a three 0 lead to finish three all with Tramway Rovers at Vicarage Road. And uh, this evening, the holders Man City host Port Port Vale, um, the, and one apiece there now at the moment. Uh, City have gone ahead, but Tom Pope has just equalised uh, for Port Vale thirty seven minutes there on the clock at the Etihad Stadium and uh, it's nil all Wolverhampton Wanderers and, and Manchester United as well currently and locally in the Munster Senior League this afternoon they finished Co-Wanderers 2 Carrigleine United 2 and Douglas Hall nil, Avondale United nil. both games kicked off there at 2, two o'clock um, so they had the local, local soccer games there yeah
0: and apparently that Doug L- or the, the Co-Wanderers game and Carrigleine United game was an absolute cracker today proper football there from uh, both sides so uh, four goals there shared this afternoon and uh, good to see at the, the Munster Senior League back after the winter break
1: Absolutely, and now moving on to, to rugby. Uh, <laughs> well, I suppose we better we better touch on it anyway. Um, currently, um, Leinster are absolutely hammering Connacht uh, in the RDS. It's it's thirty three nil. Um, there and, and and Leinster had the bonus points wrapped up um, after after twenty five minutes. So um, look, uh, a tough a tough uh, second half in store for for Connacht. There, um, obviously, Leinster have won all their nine games mm. and so far and in this conference. And yeah. look, it, it's it's more the same. Sort you of thought
0: you thought it might be a bit close. You thought oh, maybe Leinster fifteen <laughs> twenty points, but obviously, like Connacht keeping the score down now is going to be their biggest concern. In
1: the second yeah, half, yeah, Leinster a machine. Um, look. Um, they they seem to pick a new team every weekend, and Leo Cullen and Stuart Lancaster have have um, you know just got this unbelievable brand of of football, and um, mm. they, they have so many options, whatever position. So yeah, a tough tough afternoon in the office for for Connacht, mm. um, and obviously we on to Munster. Uh, Munster's poor run of form continued last night as they head into next next weekend's Heineken uh, Cup uh, trip to Racing. Last night's thirty eight seventeen loss to Ulster in the Pro Fourteen. I mean they've just won twice in their last seven yeah, games. Yeah,
0: very concerning I suppose for Munster fans heading into that huge game next weekend.
1: Yeah, look, um I guess the the victory up in, in Connacht would have, would have been a good one, but I didn't realise myself until until I mm. you saw the stats that they've only won twice in the last seven games and I, I suppose the, the the game last night was particularly concerning. Mm. I know uh I suppose Munster will, will say that they were missing a lot of front liners, but um, you know, you still had like the Peter Manny Connor Murray, Joey Carby was back in a ten. Yeah. Um so yeah, very concerning. Um, I suppose to you know, hopefully, in, in days have gone gone past, we would concentrate a lot on the on the Heineken Cup and yeah. maybe maybe their eyes, eyes are on that in extent. But mm-hmm. you know, you have a whole two two props to come in, second row to come in. I see the standers obviously coming back as well, like some Mike Kelly in the back line. Um, a Farrell at a twelve mm-hmm. um, probably go to start with JJ Hunter, and I think now uh, based on last night's performance, I don't think um, Carbery probably deserves to, to get yeah. ahead of him as of yet so um, there's still a lot of lies to come back in and um, I think the games against Racing over the last few years have been very, very close generally only one score games over in Paris yeah. and in Thoman Park so um, I, I still give us a chance and to be honest with you I, I quite fancy Munster mm. to, to, to to produce it even though their form dictates otherwise Yeah, so. we'll discuss it a little bit more later on we'll hear a
0: bit from Johan van Graan uh, a little bit later on as well I mean, Like mean Leinster have just had a conversion as well so they lead forty 0 with
1: just a minute to go to uh, half-time And in the Bateman Cup semi-finals, Cork can run out 38, 10 winners away to Sligo. So they'll now face Lansdowne in the final after they defeated the City of Armagh 20 points to 17. And finally in golf, Gray McDowell is 300 par after two rounds of the Weather Hits Entry Tournament the Champions Event in Hawaii. The former US Open winner carried a second round of 69 in stormy conditions and has six shots behind the leader Sander Shoffley. So defending champion Shoffley, is one stroke ahead of his nearest challengers, Patrick Reid and Joaquin Neiman.
0: All right, cheers, Tomás. All right, uh, we are going to start our show by talking about Nemo Rangers' uh, defeat today. Uh, to Corofine, i going to hear from their manager, Paula Dunne. I'm going to get some analysis from uh, Dennis Hurley, who's there for us today. But first, the full-time report from uh, Moira chastney Kalik.
2: Curafin, 1-10, Nemo Rangers 7 points. At no point did Nemo Rangers look like they had any chance of winning this game. They suffered a killer blow in the opening minute with the Mihal Lundy goal after a low sneaky pass from Gary Sykes From there on in, Currafin kind of turned on the style at times, but Nemo will rue lapses of concentration and wides in the first half. That might have left some fight in them, but you'll never do well when your first score comes in the 24th minute. In contrast, by the second half, Currafin began to cruise while Nemo's heads dropped, but the Westerners will be wondering how their systems fail so often in front of the posts. They hit nearly 10 wides, while the Corkmen left bereft again at the hands of Corrifine, who are once more in an All-Ireland final. Full-time, Corrifine 1-10, Nemo Rangers
3: 7 points.
0: Alright, Dennis Farley was there for us then afterwards he got the views of Nemo Boss Paul O'Donovan
3: Yeah, that was it. This was um I think that was the gap right to the end really. Uh, poor start. Uh, they walked the goal very well. Um Lundi got in there and he he took his chance, he went around my and could do nothing about it. He had time to change his feet and get onto his left and once he went once he went three hauls right I suppose uh, he slipped in there and like there was no um, we struggled at times in the first half unlike us we gave away a lot of possession we got turned over uh, we knew they were hard in the tackle and they were strong physically in the tackle but we still got turned over a bit too easily for ourselves um, but I thought uh, come up to half time maybe the last 10 minutes of the first half we came more into the game uh, we struggled to get scores because the nature of the game the way it is going now they go back and defend and 12 and 13 behind the ball much the same as we were doing I, I, I have no complaints there that's the way they game was gone, but uh, they did it very well. Uh, they stopped us getting the ball inside to where we felt we'd scoring forwards. Uh, I'd say the breeze was, was a slight breeze there probably favouring them in the first half, so it was a bit more difficult to get the scores for us, but uh, I just thought we didn't settle, we struggled in the first half because the goal do you think that's somebody gave us uh, no I wouldn't, I wouldn't possibly I don't know um, it's hard to pinpoint something like that and blame it. Is it, is it does it affect fellas heads or not but definitely the amount of possession we gave away the amount of like hand passes straight to them kick passes straight to them and they're a team that when they turn you over in the middle third four or five can come at you very quickly so and we knew that coming into the game we spoke about it but uh, they, I, I thought we did well to contain them. the amount of ball we gave, gave away to them in the first half I thought the second half in, we played better, we had chances we, for five wides. there we were two feet either side of the post and we needed to convert everything if we were to if come back into it. Um, a goal shot near the end but it wasn't, a, it wasn't a goal chance near the end but it was uh, I think we just did an off day as a, as a straight out and uh, we just have to go back to the drawing board. If we want to get to Croke Park and win in Croke Park we'll have to match those like this. At the
4: end of the level above us do you think?
3: Not today. I didn't think there was that much of a gap between the teams today. If you took the goal out of it, and if you if you said we converted, oh are we, ten wides, uh, if, you, if you convert to five of those you're looking at a very even game then. You know, so and that's easy to say things like that. You know, but um, I think. Uh, we were closer to them today than we'd probably ever get a good credit for you know
4: did you enforce their Paul does that come do you think just from the fact that they're they're building a lead and just getting further away and fellas feel a bit more pressure and kind of snatch things a bit
3: it's hard to put a finger on how fellas feel I think what they're very good at is closing, closing down space they're very strong in the tackle and they they, 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 they knock a lot of ball out of players hands so, like Stephen got turned over a couple of times they're most unusual for Stephen but the, the swinging arm tackle you know and I thought the referee left a lot of stuff go, but he left a goal for both sides. You know, I Right not complain to that. I, I My grandmo referee as long as he's he does what he does to one side, he does to the other. I thought he left a lot of tackling go, which is fine. We we get to tackle, they tackle. Right? No problem with that. But it was that nature that game then, and their tackling was better than ours in the first half. Was there any period of the game where you felt you were coming back to them? I did. I thought with, with ten minutes to go, we was it oh, was it five? We were oh, yeah, yeah. down to five, and I said we needed a goal. you we are never going to get, get six or seven points, and, and I was scoring that way. We needed to get a goal and we was Barry got in there I think and put it over the bar um, with it, with it had the, it's hard to see from the angle he was at any opportunities to go at the goal um, I don't think we created many more goal opportunities in the second half but we certainly needed to take them uh, but like uh, Alan one in to keep us hand Cairn Histon k- kicked one, one wide James Ectorma kicked one wide uh, you know little things like that we needed everything to go over Mark Cronin started the second half scoring goes all yeah, for
0: fun and... yeah it's Paula Donovan there of Newmore Rangers uh, speaking after their defeat today to Coral Finn half time at the RDS Thomas.
1: Yeah, and look, as we said, Leinster are absolutely hammering Connacht. It's it's a point a minute, so forty points to, to nail a half time.
0: No, I mean, like when you're that far ahead in the second half, then do you consciously take the foot off the gas. Do the coaches tell you to take the foot off the gas, or how does it work? Uh, coaches tell you not to take the foot <laughs> off the gas.
1: <laughs> but uh, I suppose human nature. Um, I probably would have, and I suppose mm. as a squad back in the day we probably would have. But yeah. that's probably what makes this Leinster team different. They are is, relentless. Yeah, and they're genuinely playing for places there is a genuine competition for places which isn't in every squad Mm -hmm. so the lads are trying to whether they're trying to break into the 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 23 man squad or whether they're trying to break into the starting team Um, so like if they they drop their performance they won't be picked so um, that kind of fear of, of of failure really yeah. drives that team so yeah look they'll they'll be coming out and trying to put another 30 40 points in Just second half watching
0: some of the replays there the tries they scored in the first half they're decimating that Connacht team
1: yeah look it's a tough place to be for Connacht um you know you know whatever happens you're you're, you're on the I suppose on, on the wrong end of a hammering, mm. um, and I suppose the coaches would be trying to motivate them or, or trying to grasp at the straws, really. So mm. um, they try and just obviously eliminate yeah. our, as many errors as possible. Trying, I suppose, damage limitation, but and maybe trying to get over the line themselves. But yeah, yeah, tough place for Connacht at the
0: moment. On the other kind side of the coin, have you ever been on a, the, the side of a, a hammering of that? Like you know,
1: yeah, well, not, not. I suppose yeah, playing with Ireland against yeah. New Zealand, getting we well beaten, got like. absolutely flaked a few times, and it, it is it's very tough to, to get motivation yeah. um, and then kind of mistakes compound themselves and you're trying too hard you have to push the envelope out yeah, yeah. try things that you I suppose inordinarily wouldn't try um, and then with the pressure of, of chasing tries chasing points you kind of make mistakes, and mm. and and the other team will will capitalize yeah. on that. So yeah, it's a tough place to be. no-win
0: situation, it's um, literally.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so look, it's it's not a nice place to be, and um, look it's going to be more of the same in the second half. All right, approaching half
0: time. Uh, there's five FA cup ties uh, taking place uh, this evening, all kicking off at uh, five thirty one, and uh, the holders, Man City, back uh, ahead to us.
1: Yeah, Aguero uh, scored uh, a goal to put him 2-1 two, two up against Port Vail, um and in the other ones, half time there, it's it was. Nil Manchester United 0 uh, Leicester City are leading Wigan Athletic 2-0, goals to 0, uh, Fleetwood Town and Portsmouth is is goalless as well coming up to half time and Bournemouth lead 1-0 uh, at home to Luton Town so that's, that's yeah. kind of how currently sits in the FA Cup.
0: Alright, going to hear now from uh, Dennis Hurley who was covering uh, the Nemo Corrigan game for us today. Alright, we're joined on the line now to discuss the game by uh, Dennis Hurley who was in NS today and Dennis, that just wasn't Nemo's day, they never got going.
4: No, absolutely not, Rory. Um, like Nemo hadn't conceded a goal in six games before this, and then Niall Lundy gets the goal after thirty-three seconds for Corrigan, and they, they led from there. And Nemo just, like you said, just couldn't get going. Um, it was kind of you know unforced errors, uncharacteristic errors from them, and uh, you know they were seven points down before they managed to get on the scoreboard, and even even at that early stage. You know, it was looking like a tall order that they would overturn us in the second half. Bit of an improvement, back to five points. But a goal always looked necessary to get back into it. And Corrigan didn't actually have the best day attacking wise, but the defender started enough the Nemo or didn't get any real chances.
0: Yeah, certainly so. Um, Nemo looked nervous, as you say, uncharacteristic errors from them. I suppose the goal after 33 seconds is going to kind of change your game plan. and kind of.
4: Yeah, ab- absolutely. I suppose it's like Mike Tyson said. You know, everyone has a plan to get punched in the face. <laughs> and, you know, Nemo obviously would have been looking to come out and atone for how the final went two years ago. And, you know, when, when you can see the goal like that thoroughly, it, it does kind of... It, it does knock you back in your feet a bit. Theoretically, there's no reason why it should, but when you're out in the pitch against a team that have won the last two sub all Ireland's, it just brings a, a bit of, you know, it brings a bit of doubt into your head and you kind of just get a bit, a bit frantic and, you know, Kirk in they had that good start. They were able to just add the points, to build up the score and, you know, th- th- there's no better team at holding onto a lead like that.
0: Yeah, because they sat very deep after that goal as well, inviting Nemo once them, but Nemo just didn't have any ideas on how to break them
4: down. Absolutely, yeah. You know, when when you have that many men back, the, the opposition are going to have to do something special to cut through, yeah. And Corfin were just able to, you know, force Nemo into making errors, then counter attack at pace, uh, and, you know, at half time, 1 5 to 2, it, it, it was looking very nice. unlikely uh, that was going to be overturned.
0: Yes, certainly so. Um, do you reckon that, like, there was a lot of talk about the 2018 All-Ireland Final heading into this game. How heavily was that weighing on Nemo's minds, do you think?
4: Um, to be fair, I don't think it was weighing hugely heavily on them. You know, they they, they had said that they looked at it and learned from it. Um, and I suppose, looking at it in, in basic figures, they lost by less than they did that day. Uh, I think it's just the fact that Curson, our are a superb team. You know, they've beaten they've beaten Martin Nemo in, in that time and I presume they'll go into the final into the as favourites to make it a three in a row, which no team has ever done. Mm. And I think, you know, Nemo had an off day and they were playing one of the best club teams ever and, you know, it, 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 it's kind of, that's the way it's summed it up really.
0: And there's a lot of talk on Twitter after that game about Corfinn being the best club team ever. Do they have to win the third all-Ireland to do that?
4: Um, I suppose if they win the third All-Ireland, it'll be hard to argue that they're, that they're not that. Um, but they, they certainly will have to improve on their overall performance. They could have been out of sight. Really, at the start of the second half, but some some sloppy shooting uh, prevented that and, and gave Nemo a glimmer of hope. Um, as regards being the absolute best ever, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure if, if, if we have time to debate that. No, but it's one we might look at. Uh, Mm. Uh, after the, the fight in a couple of weeks' time, if they do um, If they do, do it again.
0: All right, Dennis, we'll leave it there. Thanks for today and safe trip home.
4: Okay, thanks, Roy.
0: Yes, Dennis Hardy there reacting after a Nemo's defeat to Cora it today. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. Reaction from Father Niels. We're going to discuss uh, Munster's defeat uh, to also react to all the FA Cup games as well. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Big Red Bench in Cork Red FM.
5: The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 pm. Cork's Red FM.
0: Alright Rory and Tommaso Leary here with you until 7pm this evening I'm to talk to Father O'Neill but first an update from the FA Cup us.
1: Yeah Leicester City lead Wigan 2-0 at half time at the King Power Stadium in the third round of the FA Cup, Derek Clark is there
5: Half-time, Leicester City 2, Wigan Athletic nil The opener came in the 19th minute When Latics Lattic, debutant Tom Pearce put into his own net The second goal came five minutes from the break Harvey Barnes' shot was deflected off Shea Dunkley Which beat the despairing David Marshall Wes Morgan and Dujon Sterling, meanwhile, have both been forced off injured Half-time here, Leicester City 2, Wigan Athletic nil Alright,
0: back to Gellet Games' father, Neil's booking their place In the AAB All-Ireland Intermediate Hurling Club Championship finals Today as they beat touring 9 19 points to 112. Then off with Tull of Kilkenny in the final after they defeated Neve with 15 points, 320 to 14 points. All right, Kevin Egan was there for us today, and we are going to hear from Father Neil's Dave Colbert.
6: Dave, delighted to win. Um, there were a few asterisks on it, obviously, so what's your immediate reaction after uh, what I can only describe as a hard fought four point victory?
2: Thrilled with the win, thrilled with the performance, and, and the character of our to, to deal with what we had out there like the to finish with 13 fellas and against 15 men for maybe maybe 20 minutes um, was uh, remarkable uh, serious character shown by the lads uh, to I hold out because we scored we scored to finish it and uh, we finished to win it and it, it was really really uh, proud of the boys the way they finished that out today
6: yeah I mean th- th- there was huge character required there because You know, that was a long period of game you're looking at. I think it was 20 minutes to go after the second red card. So it wasn't like one that was packed in at the end. You had to really think about what you were going to do. And as you said, the boys managed to create scores even though being heavily outnumbered. So there's a lot to be proud of there.
2: Yeah, the boys got some super scores, uh, some great engineer scores, as you say, and a few vital frees from from Dickie Dalton as well. Um, Yeah, boys reacted very well to the pressure and fairness on the field and and got some great scores out of it. Yeah. Give me your thoughts on the two dismissals. I didn't see either of them, looking, I'm not going to comment on them, um, we'll have to take a look at the video or videos that are out there and see, um, I just think it's crushing for the two boys involved to be, at this moment of time anyway, missing an All-Ireland final I think is, is crushing, um, you know, I think either of them have been sent off in their lives, that's our first-rate card in three or four years and for the All-Ireland semi-final I think it's this, uh, this heartbreaking for the two boys but we'll have to look at the video and see if the second can be done, we will be looking at it.
6: Yeah, th- there was a lot of odd decisions in the second half, I mean, you know, I would say all three Three sendings off you know will be disputed heavily the disallowed goal as well and I mean there was no sign that that was coming I mean the first half was just a, a solid game of Ireland the only difference was you were taking your chances in a way the Tourine weren't
2: yeah, it was a good clean game I think two, two teams are out to Ireland there's, there's no, no that. look, we're not going to count on referees decisions there's, there's no point um, it's, what's done is done and we just have to get on now and, and, uh, and prepare our best and be ready for the Ireland final as we have to do Yeah, yeah.
6: talk to me about the build up coming into this game because like I mean for from an outsider looking in, I'm neutral to the two, I would have said Taurine had a very good chance in this game and yet that was how was widely perceived. You had bookmakers making a one to four and that kind of thing. Was that difficult for you to deal with or not to let that seep into the camp?
2: Not a bit, no, no, like we, we faced those kind of crazy stupid ads all year. Um, it doesn't get to our and side us. Um I saw Turin in the comic final it very impressive I mean, they're a super hurling team um, great style of hurling that suits them and um, we knew we were going to face into a real battle like it, was only, it was five points in at half time and they came back at us there in, in the second half so look there was, from our point of view we had full respect and, and not fact we are facing into today for Turin
6: yeah yeah but I suppose the other side as the tables are turned a little bit I mean there's this huge kind of hype and pressure on this Tolerone side people have said they put up some fantastic results they had another big win again Today, you probably haven't given them any thought up to now, but I mean, you know, what way do you handle an All-Ireland final like that? Do you try and channel into the underdog thing, or do you just let guys enjoy the occasion, or what's your
2: thoughts on it? I think you just prepare as best we as can we have to be ready for this thing whatever whatever way this turns out in the next two weeks we'll have to be ready um, it's not our final in Crow park these are once in a lifetime things and we're going to have to give it everything absolutely everything now uh, to get the, to get a good result from there
6: much shorter turnaround time than would normally be the case for this kind of competition is that a problem or are you happy enough with that
2: no I think two weeks I think is a nice lead up to a match um, you'll lick our wounds today now and, and get organised in the two weeks and, and ready for that no that, that's, that's no issue for us
6: and the final thing then aside from the two wise any injury concerns or anything like that on, on the back of a tough game?
2: No, I don't think so. I think that's some bruises. Not nothing, nothing uh, that you wouldn't be expecting after a tough match at that, but no, I think we're fine health-wise coming out of that. You're listening to
0: the Big Red Bench on Cork. Cork's i This the Dave Colbert there of Father O'Neill speaking after uh, today's win over Touring. We'll get the reaction from the Touring camp uh, in a bit, but first, we'll another halftime report from the FA Cup. Yeah, Wolves we'll
1: and Manchester United Wolves and Manchester United are tied at nil in the Molyneux at the third round of the FA Cup and Alex Winter is there.
0: Half-time, Wolves nil, Man United nil, United growing into the half as it went on, but it was Wolves who started much the brighter, and had the best chance of the game so far, with Matt Doherty picking up a flicked header from a corner at the far post, his right foot shot on the volley, tremendously saved by Sergio Romeo in the Man United goal, point-blank rage, palming the ball away with his right hand also Ruben Evers with a shot from 25 yards, that flew narrowly over the bar for the home side, but the visitors, as I say, growing into the game, a shout for a penalty when Brandon Williams went down under a challenge from Leander Dendonka ruled out by the referee and then VAR and then Daniel James firing a right foot shot wide from the top of the penalty area that drifted past John Ruddy's right hand post half time Wolves nil, Man United nil. yeah so still scoreless there at the break at a monument between Wolves and uh, Manchester you know, we were just discussing there tomorrow while that report was going on that you know you should go for Pochettino
1: yeah, I think so. Look, I'm, I'm actually a Spurs fan, um, Sorry and about. yeah, <laughs> we all have our problems, don't we? Um, so, like, obviously, I was very disappointed to see him go. I think he did an unbelievable job as Spurs. Mm. Look, getting to Champions uh, League final without spending and, much money. Yeah, Florida. exactly. He's built a, a, a great side. Um, I think um, United obviously have changed managers a hell of a lot over the last few years, and probably that bit of loyalty um, to to Solskjaer especially yeah. given that he was uh, probably the a, a, a superstar a super sub for a lot of years is is kind of maybe uh, blinding their, their decision at the moment yeah. but when you have a, a manager like Pochettino you're looking to sign some top class players he'd automatically bring those to the club maybe yeah. attract a few of the top class Spurs players so I think it's it's an all brainer um, and I think United would be lucky to get him.
0: Yeah Harry Kane and Manchester United sure to be something very very interesting indeed Alright going to hear now from uh, Turin we're going to hear from uh, their manager Paul Hunt
5: and days up against the great cork side, but we felt if we played like we, we asked some questions. But unfortunately in the first half, you know, we'd a lot of possession and didn't make enough use of it really in the first half, you know. and um, you know, wrong wrong shots shot shot selection and um you know, it was just some bad whites and um our backs were holding in fairly well but up the other side we just weren't getting enough scores for the possession we had and second half then with the sendings off. In one way as, as it just happens when it was nearly a disadvantage, you know, you know we tried to push more men forward and, you know, they were still were able to pick off scores where we still struggled, you know, all credit to them, like, you know, they, they really dug in then, you know. What was go your head
6: when you had the extra two players and they are down to 13 men and I suppose when you get into that situation it'd be difficult to know what to do really, can't it?
5: Yeah, um, it can be, yeah. Look, initially we, we pushed we pushed men up, like, we, we you know, we pushed first one man up and then a the second man up, like, you know, we tried to take the game to them, like, you know, but to be fair to them, they dropped more men back and we couldn't they're line down like you know and you know we had to work hard for everything we got and they really started working then and and again then when they had more space down this side then they were still able to pick off a score and you know every second time they came down where again we struggled. I mean, to get to get the scores get enough scores you know even with the goal you know.
6: and then you're sent off for Kenny Feeney um, that came at a real tough time as well because you're really on top you got the sense that the goal wasn't too far away obviously a disallow goal as well I'm sometimes sure that you're not best pleased with
5: yeah no I um yeah, that was, that was disappointing because we were just coming international, I suppose, you know, and to, to lose a man, but, you know, the referee, I suppose, is always going to look for an opportunity to, to maybe try and even it up, you know, but I didn't, you know, the, the old manager saying I didn't see it, but I, I honestly didn't, it was up in the corner, but I, I don't think there was much in it, but, you know, one of their lads was probably lucky too to be sent off, so, um, you know, that's going to happen in games, you know, but,
6: Overall, it must be really difficult for these lads. But when they look back, I know it's easy to say it now, Paul,
1: but they'll be so proud of what they've achieved again.
5: Yeah, they will be, yeah. It's, it's massive, you know, and you know, more than two years ago. But we really, really felt today was, was, was an opportunity to, to go a step further and, you know, that's the way we've seen it. We didn't see it as a bonus, maybe like we did two years ago. We've seen it as a... That's, that's the most disappointing thing that we knew and we believed we could win it and just maybe not to... Days to the top of our game today and you know the way the game went. it so it's the most disappointing thing you know is...
0: yeah, it's tourines Paul Hunt there uh, speaking uh, to Kevin Egan who uh, was reporting on the game for us and I got a chance to speak to Kevin uh, not long after the match finished alright we're joined on the line to discuss that game by Kevin Egan who's there for us this afternoon uh, Kevin following eels into the final they have to be happy with that how did they play today?
6: Uh, they played quite well there's no getting away from it um, I looked at kind of how people perceived this game before the start I cover a lot of, um, the Connacht Intermediate, Hurland Scene, the Mayo Scam and those kind of places. Torima are a very, very strong side and Father O'Neill's. I would say overall in general play, there wasn't an awful lot between the sides, but accuracy, efficiency was a huge deal today. Tourine ended the game with 13 wides and two shots off the post. On top of that, uh, I think Father Neil's final tally was eight wides, of which a couple of those were kind of long passes that, you know, wouldn't necessarily go down as shots on goal. So, really, efficiency was just an absolutely huge factor. Um, then, on top of that, obviously, there was a huge test of character. 10 points to 5 up at half time. As I said, that was all about taking their chances. But then you had the two red cards, two very controversial red cards at the start of the second half for Mark O'Keefe and Billy Dunn. That put a huge amount of pressure on the defence. And you have to say, they really, really stood up to the challenge. They had an excellent performance. Dan Harrington was superb at centre-back. Uh, Podge Butler, Jerry Millerick, outstanding in the full-back line. Got some great clearances. Mike Millerick as well. No reason to leave him out. He was also very, very good. So you'd have to say, they held off well. They... um they got one crucial lucky break it was a very controversial uh, decision to disallow a Turin goal with about 10 minutes to play uh, Kenny Feeney the full forward anyone who follows kind of lower tier hurling will know his name from being a long time soldier with Mayo Hurling he caught a long ball he lost his in the challenge and gave a football style hand pass across to Sean Regan and he rifled the ball into the net referee disallowed it um, so that was that was a hotly disputed incident Plini himself did get on the score sheet with a goal at the end which you would have to say even when they were down to 13 men Father O'Neill did an excellent job at creating space up front at winning kind of one-on-one battles or even one-on-two battles to get shots away and some of the scores they took in the second half were excellent Kevin O'Sullivan got an outstanding point uh, Killian Broderick came off the bench his first touch was a point from right out on the on the left hand sideline absolutely sublime so there were some great scores like that and obviously Decky Dalton finished the day with 10 points to his name uh, 7-3 3 from play he fired over some outstanding scores I don't think he had a wide at any mm-hmm. stage during the game so his accuracy was a huge factor definitely the better team And now just the question turns to the two boys, Billy Dunn and Mark O'Keefe. Will there be any reprieve for the two of them? Because obviously they'd be huge blows if they're not available against Tullerone. Kevin, you said they were controversial red cards. Can you talk us through them? Yeah, well, I'll be honest with you. The first one, there was one of those kind of rooks of players on the right-hand side. Sorry, the Mark O'Keefe decision. Um, There's no question. O'Keefe came in, what I would say, late and shall we say, without due care and attention into the body of players. He took down one tourine player. I mean, if if the referee had given a yellow card, no one would have batted an eyelid. It looked careless rather than anything else. Um, I won't comment hugely on the Billy Dunn, simply because... There was nobody in the press box who laid an eye on it. This was one, uh, the umpire, at, if you like, the non-playing end of the ground drew the referee's attention to it. Now, Billy had been yellow-carded already, okay. but uh, we've got to clarify it was a straight red. Um, I don't know what exactly happened there. and There was no real comment. For I, I, I haven't yet met anyone who actually did see the incident to comment on that one. Um, but like I said, I would say that the red, car- the Kenny Feeney, for Tureen got a red card at the end for nothing more than what I would say kind of trying to block Colin Sloan's progress as he was coming out of goal and certainly that goal being disallowed. So look, there were swing moments both ways. Um, overall, I would I would say the right team won. Father O'Neill's word, the better side as evidenced by 19 scores to 13. But having said that, I mean, getting the two lads off would be crucial. I would say Mark O'Keefe has a good chance if for no other reason, then the argument will be made that it was nothing more than careless. Yeah. I'd say he'd have a very good chance. Given that there probably won't even have been cameras on whatever happened yeah. at the, in the full forward line with the Billy Dunn incident, that might be a little bit more difficult to overturn, I'd imagine. But that's only my speculation. Well,
0: fingers crossed, fingers crossed.
6: Anyway, they do, uh, It's
0: Tolero now in the final for Father Nails and that's going to be a, another titanic battle
4: oh it's
6: going to be absolutely huge I've actually seen I saw Toron play in the Leinster final against Sir and I'm an Aussie native myself mm. and they are they are far better than your average intermediate winners I mean obviously we all know about Tommy Walsh up front um, and the you know and everything that goes with him but, I mean, there's some outstanding players there. I mean, you've a half-forward line, Bill Gaffney, Martin Keown, John Walton. There's great scores in that Tullerone-forward line. And they are absolute demons when it comes to rock ball, that hard, dirty ball stuff. There's absolutely no airs and graces about them. They'll go down in the trenches and they'll fight you for absolutely everything. Every inch of progress you make, every score you take will be hard-earned. are much I, I would consider them definitely... Above the average when it comes to intermediate championship teams, um, they'd be right at home at senior level. Look, obviously, Kilkenny side—they're also strong. I mean, we're well aware that like you have, to, you have to go a long way down the Cork pecking order before you know before you get out of senior clubs. Yeah. You know, Turlough obviously are notionally the 13th best team in Kilkenny, so they're always likely to be good but these are better than the norm um, they held on to a few older players for a while they finally introduced some younger talent this year and they really do have the talent I would expect they'll be there thereabouts at senior level in Kilkenny sooner rather than later so they'll be they'll be a tough ask mm. even if Father O'Neill's managed to get a full uh, managed to get a full deck of players out it'll be a tough test anyway but look it's great to be there
0: certainly is certainly is. Can Kevin we leave it there thanks very much
6: for today not at, all, not at all Rory Delighted to
0: talk Yeah thank you very much indeed To Kevin Egan there Discussing uh, Father O'Neill's win over Torina Book their place to moss in the All-Ireland final And You can imagine the scenes Down in that club For the next two weeks The excitement The bunting Everything going up Around the town going to be fantastic
1: Yeah it looks unbelievable um, I, I think Dave Colbert Mentioned it there That you know Every every club Dreams of All-Ireland final And uh, you know mm. up, up in the Holy Grail In Crow Park Like um, you know I can only imagine What it's like To, to put on your club jersey Up there be, be unbelievable experience. So um, yeah, look, the place will be buzzing down in in Ladies Bridge and further afield. Mm. Um, you know, the the whole parish will be in behind. So look, special special occasion for them.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. and It's a bit weird though them not being on Patrick's Day. There's, like the club finals are so synonymous with Patrick's Day. Now they're in January. It's it's a bit of an odd one.
1: Yeah, it is. But look, the, I suppose the GA club calendar, whatever they do, it's not going to make sense. No. You, you know, waiting as you said up up into Paddy's Day. For club finals of 2019, it's a bit mad, but traditionally yeah. that's part of the magic of it too. So it's going to be a bit different, definitely. Um, but I suppose the flip side then is the players have to train through Christmas, and um, I suppose the yeah. commitment for club players it's it's mental, really.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like Christmas has kind of almost been cancelled. I suppose for like Father Neils for Nemo for Russell Rovers tomorrow. Because I imagine mm-hmm. they were practically training Christmas Day.
1: Yeah, look. Um, obviously, I went back to my club area and zone playing a bit, like. Um, Probably didn't uh, commit to, to it as, <laughs> as I should have, but the commitment levels are are are, are crazy mm. for for club players at, at all levels. Like you said, you know Russell Rovers in the Junior Championship as well. Mm. They're tra- training like senior sides, um, and they, I suppose they they put their lives on hold to to an extent. Um, you know, you know, sacrificing their social social commitments, mm. maybe work commitments, travel travel opportunities. So yeah, look, um, I suppose it's the I suppose it's like. Essentially, this is the GA is is the centre point of all these communities, and I suppose with the I suppose the Catholic Church uh, diminishing power, um, I suppose the <laughs> GA really is, yeah. is, is is where people go to to chat about, have a drink, have a pint, talk about, mm-hmm. and the whole community, whether it's it's grannies, granddads, they're all in behind it. So that's what's special about yeah, the GA, really is. Um, yeah. But like, I suppose and seeing seeing actually, we played against Tullerone under 15 I remember it actually because Tommy Walsh was playing yeah. the great Tommy Walsh who incidentally I think is the own, yeah. greatest hurler that ever played he got an all-star in the back midfield and the forward <laughs> lane which I don't think <laughs> will ever, uh, we'll, we'll ever be done again Um, yeah, I remember um actually I was at midfield that day I was playing the forward lane for whatever reason I was midfield and Tommy was midfield too and uh, look he he was an unbelievable hurler um, he he obviously roasted, roasted me <laughs> and then I kind of went on to mark him in the 2000 I think semi-final yeah and he lost to meet again that day, but um, so I think he's playing full forward now for yeah. other own or corner forward, I think two or three of his brothers on the side, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see whether Father O'Neill can, can contain him, but look, special time for the club. Yeah, certainly is. Congratulations to everyone, It's uh, going to be very, very special indeed, and a special
0: uh, best of luck as well to Russell Rovers who play tomorrow Guess me, Brown-Ox, will have reaction from that game on tomorrow evening show from 6. Leinster, in the meantime, have extended their lead, but maybe to foot off the gas a little bit tomorrow.
1: Yeah, Gary Ringrose uh, just added a try um, about five minutes ago, so it's currently forty-seven nil. Um, but yeah, look, it's 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 the scoring rate isn't as uh, in aggressive as the first half, mm-hmm. and, and Connacht are actually looking to get over the line. Uh, look to be held up um, with a pick and go there. But uh look, I suppose if we said it's human nature that you know they can't maintain that that forty-point uh, uh, I suppose a uh, point per minute uh, ratio. But um, look. looks like Connacht have kind of wrestled a bit of the momentum anyway Mm -hmm.
0: alright going to look back on uh, Munster's defeat uh, last night to Ulster Munster surrendering top spot in conference beyond the Pro 14 Ulster running in 5 tries in a 38-17 win over Munster at the uh, the Kingspan Stadium last night. It's uh, just two wins and seven now for Munster as they head into the Champions Cup against Racing next week. Uh, Munster head coach Johan van Gran spoke on air sport afterwards. Yeah, you could say it's a lack of consistency in selection, but that's not
7: good enough for Munster. And unfortunately, we were beaten by a better side today. And is the mood in the changing room then? the players feeling it, obviously? Yeah, look, every time they, they lose in a Munster jersey, they feel it, but uh, that performance wasn't good enough. And obviously now with the Racing game next week being such a pivotal game in Europe, how do you pick the players up? Well, we've got a, a nine-day turnaround, which gives us a, a bit of time, and you know, we'll get some guys back on, on Monday, but uh, now we'll
0: have to first review this game, and now we've got to step up. Johan doesn't sound happy there at all at all, does he? He's not even trying to hide it.
1: Yeah, no, to be fair, and he's normally, it uh, doesn't give too much away. Yeah, um, you can hear the annoyance in his voice, though. Absolutely, and it's good, good to hear. Um, and look, after... They went 7-0 up in, in that mm-hmm. game. Looked looked to be in a decent position and uh, obviously got three points just before half-time but I think they conceded it was 38-3 30, 30 um, after they scored their first seven points um, and Ulster really kind of dominated in terms of uh, possession and physicality mm-hmm. um, and it was worrying as well. Look, uh, for the first 20-25 minutes Ulster's set-piece was kind of mm-hmm. malfunctioning in terms of their line-out um, but yeah, it was definitely uh, I, I suppose a, a comprehensive Defeat. Mm. Um, I, was, I have been impressed by by what Dan McFarland is doing in, in Ulster, um, and obviously John Cooney scored again last yeah. night. Um, Henderson seems to be uh, really kind of coming back into form. Um, Herring um, has taken over, obviously from Best at Hooker, and it looks fantastic. And in the backline, you know, um, obviously Stockdale is, is there, um, and 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 the other backs along with that are, are, are causing problems. So they're going well, but conversely, obviously very worrying, as you said, two mm. two wins from seven for Munster. Yeah. Um, coming into the Heining Cup next week but I do think that the game over in Racing uh, a must win game will focus the mind obviously his plans I suppose
0: for the Christmas period are hampered over the the IFU's kind of missive of that like the, the World Cup players had to have two consecutive weeks rest
1: yeah look it's something I guess that that the player player welfare system has brought in and I suppose Joe Schmidt's um, management style he really promoted it but mm. um, I'm, I, I, the I players read.
0: must be frustrated though I'd imagine were though
1: do you want to play
0: as much as possible especially (laughs) the Nipers around Christmas
1: surely the big games like the the Leinster game I definitely know that the top players would love to be playing in that um uh, maybe Ulster way. It's nice to have that one off. <laughs> but so like it was probably conversed like the likes of Connor Murray and Peter Manny had to had to truck up to yeah. to to Ulster. You know, it was at a wedding that like and Keatley got married actually on yeah. New Year's Eve, and uh, there was a lot of the lads there not drinking. Yeah, so I'd say they would a lot have all preferred to have got stuck <laughs> into Leinster at yeah. home in Thomond Park and had the the Ulster way trip off, but. I think, the, I think it's disappointing for, for everyone the players the fans mm. um, you know the media everybody you know you all want to see Full Metal Jacket the best, best players service, yeah. in, in Leinster and Munster go head to head I know when I was playing it was always the highlight of the year yeah. um, outside of the, the Heineken Cup and you know you really wanted to, to put one over and it was almost an Irish trial of sorts and you know I, fellas were, were were hiding injuries to play in the game <laughs> whereas now they're being rested, so yeah. um, it's taking a bit of the bite out of it, a bit of the lust out of it, maybe. It? I think definitely from from my point of view now, as a, as a fan, as an onlooker um you'd love to see you know Carbery go tête-à-tête with, with, with Sexton. You'd love to see the the two packs go go full metal jacket. Um, and I read Raj actually had a piece in in in, in the Examiner, and he uh, he was he, he was writing about you know the fact that um, a lot of these Leinster Leinster players and and, and monster players haven't been exposed to that. I suppose hostile environment of an Interpro mm. where you're going um, you, you're going head on with your, your you used to your, kill each other back in the day didn't you yeah absolutely look you'd absolutely kick you know <laughs> the, 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 the shades of whatever yeah, out, out of, out of each other yeah. um, and you know you almost hate them um, I know it's a strong word but mm. we kind of did hate Leinster as as a, as a whole you know the, what, what they stood for and what we stood for and they hated us and that was great mm. then once you get into Irish camp you know, you're your you're, you're best mates again and, and it's all forgotten about but that rivalry I think was special and, you know, I remember, you know, particularly I suppose the old on Road where it was the European semi-final and uh, Leinster were supposed to be at home and I remember going out that day and Munster took it over it was like yeah, three quarters, red, probably yeah. more, a sea of red and I think the Leinster lads were taken aback and just gave us such a lift and those days were special and fortunately they, for whatever reason they, they seem to be diluted now. Yeah, it's a disappointment. Yeah. I've always been amazed by Munster fans' ability to get tickets from out of nowhere. Yeah, it's mad. It's I think mental. they were probably signing up to the Leinster Fans for supporters' Club and all this kind of thing and actually over in Harlequins as well there was a big investigation. Remember when they beat Harlequins yeah, yeah. in 14 over there? There was a big investigation done as to how <laughs> Munster fans got so many tickets. Yeah. Um so yeah, look, it's it's mad but that's I think that Probably the travel days, the away mm. days are, are special because you see mm. that the Munster supporters mm. en masse uh, take off to France, to England, wherever. And um, those days, it kind of ign- ignites the, the team as well. Now, we're going to obviously talk about the wrestling game in a
0: bit more detail next weekend. Um, but heading into that game, as you say, the back of two wins from seven, uh, a big defeat to Ulster last night. You've you got to be worried as a Munster fan, I guess, getting
1: over there. Yeah, you've got to be concerned. Um I still still think it's uh, 50/50 um, Rassing, a fifty fifty game. Racing to play very good brand of rugby and look, we were probably lucky enough to to get out of Thommond Park with a draw. We could have obviously snatched it in the end with, with JJ's opportunity to drop yeah. goal, um, but we did probably do very well to to get the try to to, to draw it. Um, they you know the tries they got in the first half were unbelievable. They're, mm. So their attacking prowess, I think, is is fantastic. But they do leak points as well. Um, and like you said, you know earlier the games between Munster and and Racing have been very, very close over the last three, four years. Generally, they're only kind of one-score games. Um, So I don't think Munster will be intimidated or lack confidence going over there. Like I said, you know, you're going to probably have Cle and and probably Archer or someone come into the front row. You'll have Billy Holland and Klein come back into the second row. Um, Obviously, CJ will come back in at at number eight. Um, And then I think JJ... With his form, just thus so far this year deserves deserves yeah. to go back in a ten. So, Farrell will come in a twelve, and Haley definitely come back in fifteen. So that's a lot of strength coming back into the starting fifteen. And obviously
0: players raising their game as well because of the 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 champions
1: exactly. Course. Like they'll they'll have parked last night already. Obviously the the video the review will be done on on Monday. Um, the learnings will be taken from that. Mm. Obviously, criticism will be dished out, but focus will be on the racing game because look, we need to get four points, obviously five points if possible, um, and then that that'll essentially put us through because we should be able to take care of Ospreys at home. So look, um, the Heineken Cup, you know, obviously Munster have a special relationship with it. Yeah. Um, the rivalry with racing has grown over the last four or five years, so there'll be you no know, motivation needed, and look, the, the you know the quality in that Munster team, if we can get. I suppose players like Murray back in form um, I'd be confident or well not confident but hopeful <laughs> Think so we can, can get a result in. yeah we'll preview that game uh, next weekend right just
0: before we wrap up the Cork footballers booking their place in the McGrath Cup final uh, early in the week on Thursday night uh, running out at uh, 319 to 14 points winners over Tipperary uh, Michael Hurley with a hat-trick of goals in the first half and uh, he spoke to Dennis Hurley afterwards
4: happy enough with that
7: um, yeah look delighted I suppose time you can not play too you're looking for a win um, yeah. I suppose look there's no silver hand out today though so but look happy to get run out uh, you know, matches with training session work. so yeah I'm delighted with that
4: yeah um, and I suppose when the team that played on Sunday had done so well I suppose the rest of you kind of feel a bit of pressure maybe
7: to to, to match that yeah definitely but that's, I suppose that's what panels are made of Rowan always says that like, panels are made off competition yeah. um, I suppose watching the Kerry game oh, everyone that was playing today would love to playing against Kerry as well um and I suppose there was a bit of pressure coming down here today but that's that's exactly what you want um, and I suppose that pressure kind of showed I suppose we were to we were getting out there and throw a few good performances there and um, I think we're showing it and there's a lot of places left for grabs there And like, there seems to be a real ruthlessness in front of goal like six goals on, on Sunday yeah. and three tonight like. Yeah, I suppose again that's, that's something Rowan and Keane have been mentioning yeah. um, over the past few weeks and even against Kerry I, look, I know we scored six goals but I think we missed I suppose, three or four chances that could have went in and there yeah. was mentioned before the game Someone that's been practicing training, and it's just good to, uh, to see it come off on the fielder. What kind of impact has he had? Uh Look huge, Look, we all know the, the coaching experience he has had. Um, it, on from last year I suppose being ended on a positive note seeing Keane come in this year was a massive boost and um, I suppose he just brought it to a different level altogether um, but look as I said we're, we're not getting too excited it's still the first week in January so yeah, um, all positive so it's the important thing is just to carry that momentum into the 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 game like in the start league exactly yeah look I suppose that's that's the game we're kind of targeting now Yeah. Uh, we won't look any further than that look, we have a, bit, a, a big league season ahead of us but that's the first game we'll target and won't look past that but yeah looking forward to, to the dating
4: against off in Cork. And uh, I suppose there's a lot of competition for places in, a, in attack now, like especially with the, the lads coming up from the under-20s. So it's probably good for the team and good for the players, like that there is such a, a, a strong battle for places there, like.
7: Yeah, exactly. Like, sure, look, we're, we're all fighting for for a place, but at the end of the day, we're here for the team. Yeah. Um, Looking forward to being individuals for. We've been playing something else. Yeah. yeah. Um, so look, whoever whoever's named in the six forwards, um, we, we'll wish them the best of luck. And whoever's coming off the bench. Will be there as well. So, um, yeah, look, competition is, is brilliant. That's what those panels.
0: Um, so, yeah, all good. That's Michael Hurley there speaking after Corks win over Chipperary in the McGrath Cup uh, earlier on in the week. All right, we're out of time. This has been Tomás O'Leary's first big red bench. How did you find it?
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed it now. Um, so, look. If you'll have me back I'll, I'll well, definitely uh, yeah, be keen.
0: we'll <laughs> see how that goes. Yeah, but Thomas is going to be with us on the proviso
1: that I have the Rocky team tune again every L- day.
0: Well, yeah, see then I feel left out to see if I don't have a team tune so you'll have to come up with a team tune for me. That's your challenge for tomorrow. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Uh, did you
1: enjoy it? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. So, um, look hopefully uh, start of a, 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 long, a long relationship here with, with Red FM.
0: Yes, yeah, certainly so. It's been a pleasure having you, buddy. Thanks very much indeed uh, uh, for today. We're pretty much out of time. Uh, thank you very much indeed for tuning our way. Our podcast will be online shortly on redfm.ie, redextra.ie and wherever you get your podcast from. We have a packed show for you tomorrow from 6 we're going to be talking to Spike O'Sullivan as he prepares for his massive fight in Texas next week against Jamie Mungu in the middleweight division so we'll talk to Spike tomorrow we are also going to talk to Cork City boss Neil Fenn as City return to pre-season training I'm going to talk to him about the signings he's made the signings he hopes to make his plans for the season plenty more besides there as well I'm going to talk to the Cork Admirals about their drive uh, to recruit more players ahead of the uh, 2020 campaign and of course reaction from Russell Rovers who are in All-Ireland club semi-final action tomorrow against uh, Hall Brnox up in uh, Kilmallock tomorrow so fingers crossed they will be able to join Father O'Neill's in the All-Ireland final uh, today uh, or or the All-Ireland final tomorrow Uh, so best luck to everyone indeed uh, from Russell Rovers from everyone here at uh, Cork's Red FM podcast as I mentioned Red FM redextra.ie follow us on Twitter at Big Red Bench Uh, we are going to be back tomorrow from 6pm on behalf of myself and some have a very good evening Steve is up next uh, with the block Party. Two, three hours, the very best, freshest music. Come your way right here on Corks Red FM. Enjoy your Saturday night, folks, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
5: The big red Band. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Corks Red FM.